I've made three people millionaires in the past 18 months. The life you're living right now is the life you deserve. Soon as we officially started dating, I became a multimillionaire in the next like eight months. You've got intuitions within your body that you know are not right for you. And it's up to you whether you listen to them or not. If you don't love yourself, you're not gonna attract other people of high value into your life. Slowly, you will become a version of the five people you watch the most. They don't have to be physical friends. There's no one that can stop you getting to where you're going other than you. Everything I have in my life right now was all a dream four years ago. So I watched my net worth go from like just in Bitcoin, like 3.5 million down to 1 million amount and like an eight month period, you'll never be in the perfect situation where the time is just right. If you need to get the money and your fucking cat or your your mom has cancer and you need a surgery or something, you're gonna go find fucking $5,000. If you have faith in God, a higher power, the universe, all you can do is row the boat. Let God steer. And we are back with the Frankie Lee Podcast coming to you live from the man here, Colin Yerkeson's house, mate. Thank you for having me in your humble abode. I know I'm going to get criticised in the YouTube comments for wearing shoes in your house, but I have oh, got permission. Dude, like, <laughs> yeah, I told you to take them off. You told me, yeah, but I was like, nah, do you know what, Colin Rice, we've got to do it. But mate, I think your journey has, has been a phenomenal one. Obviously, you're someone who's been out there massively in space, building your personal brand, creating online revenue streams. Obviously, look, I'd, I've seen you come up through teaching people how to fix their credit. I just want to go into a bit of your backstory and kind of, Give me a bit of a lowdown. Give the audience a bit of a lowdown on how you even got started in the online world. For sure. Well, first off, thanks for having me, brother. No, I appreciate, appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, it basically all started just from me screwing up, right? You know, a lot of our problems become our purpose. You turn your pain into purpose. So I turn all my pain of having horrible credit into my purpose of helping people fix their credit once I learned how to fix mine. Uh, so back in 2019, I started a bunch of physical businesses, real estate, wholesale, ATM placements, content creation company, clothing brand, they all fizzled out, they all failed, and I needed money to start all of them. So I took out a personal loan, because in America, they won't approve you for a business loan, right? They want you to get more debt, so they'll approve you for a debt consolidation loan to put you know, a renovation on your house, but they won't give you a business loan to start a business. That's how it is here. So took out 11% personal debt consolidation loan and used it for business. And uh, it failed and I was paying about 750 bucks a month. The interest was going crazy and I couldn't afford it anymore. So I just stopped paying and all my businesses were not making money. So I, I just let it sit there and basically uh, it got written off. They sent it to collections. I had a charge off. And then when it hit my credit, my credit dropped from like a 730 all the way down to like a 620. So having that happen overnight and then having had read rich dad, poor dad, understanding the importance of credit. I was like, Oh God, like now I don't even have credit. So I really dialed in. I really focused. I went down that rabbit hole. I learned credit repair. I learned about the uh, fair credit disputing act where basically anyone can dispute anything on their credit. And as long as the, the bureaus cannot prove it, they must remove it. So if I say, Hey, find this inconsistency right now on my file, and give me my wet signature of when I sign this document and I and I want this in the next 30 days. If they don't send you the proof of what you're asking for, they have to remove it. So after dialing in hard and really fine-tuning my, my letters that I was sending to the bureaus, I was able to get that collection removed. So they couldn't find that the, the file was mine. And so by law, they had to remove the entire thing. So my credit shot up about 110 points from having that one negative item removed. And uh, at that point... I had studied so much of credit and I created a whole game plan for the day that this would come off. 
and my credit shot back up and I'd be able to apply for the right cards. So I applied for seven cards in a couple of days and I got approved for all of them. And uh, I had about $75,000 at 0% interest. I had probably 250,000 sign up bonus points for travel and I documented everything. So I documented when my credit was bad, everyone knew about it, and I was just working my ass off to try to fix it, showing people the progress, showing me sending in the letters. And when it all you know, actually happened and it got fixed, they saw that too. So everyone's like, bro, how'd you do that? Can you help me? And so that's when the idea popped up in my head. I was like, oh, I just solved this problem for myself. Like I, I fucking did it and people need this now. Now everyone's reaching out to me because I've been so transparent. And so that gave me the idea to start Credit Class, which is my first official business that worked. Uh, it was uh, teaching people how to leverage credit, build income, and travel the world for free. And I launched that. Nothing special, no pages, no ads, no website, just a private Instagram page. I sat down at a coffee shop for four hours. I compiled everything I learned about credit over the past couple of months into one Instagram page, and I launched it. And on Black Friday uh, was the official drop. I was like, you know, 24 hours it's open for, 250 bucks to get in this private page. It's 26 people signed up. I made over $6,000 in one day and my life changed forever. And I knew right then and there, I was like, I can do this shit. And it's, it's amazing in it how when we earn our first dollars online, they're the most important dollars we ever earn because they open up your mind to the whole concept that everything you've been taught as a, within a school system, within the process that you've been through is all a big scam. Oh yeah. You know, and credit credit is one of those scams that if you don't harness it in the right way, if you don't raise credit through the right method, yeah. you can you can really fuck yourself, can't you? Oh yeah, I mean they teach you everything to do, they teach you everything not to do. Like that's what you do. Like for example, you know uh, they teach Americans families that get in a mortgage on their home. They teach you to do a cash out refi. Or they teach you to do a, uh, a debt consolidation loan or a home equity line of credit to do improvements on your house that you're living in. So like you're not you're not doing you're you're literally pulling out more debt on top of debt, and you're not buying an asset. You're putting more liabilities into your house. When you live in a house, you're you're the one paying the mortgage. You're not getting paid to live there. So like these are all things that like my parents do, their neighbors do, my family. Like this is just ingrained that this is the right thing to do. Use debt to do the wrong shit. <laughs> So well, I was in already tied into a mortgage working the job years ago before I understood the scam. Yeah. So it's like, uh, so once I'd learned that that was a scam and everything, I, then obviously when I started my online business, obviously got the mortgage paid down, turned yep. it into an asset by renting it out. There you go. Kept it. I thought, right, I'm going to leave one property paid off because at the end of the day, then it becomes something that I can always fall back to should, yeah. should the shit hit the fan. 100%. Now I can go and be abundant because I know I've got a, a fallback position which I think a lot of people get wrong. They, they try and buy their first home and they try and live in it themselves. Well, you can. So what I did was I did the uh, house hacking method. So basically when rates dropped to zero during the pandemic, uh, I went ahead and I got my dad to co-sign with me for an FHA loan. I got to put down 2.25% uh, or the interest with 2.25% on the loan and I put down 3% on a $440,000 four-bedroom house. And I moved into the top bedroom, which was the entire floor master suite, had like its own kitchen up there. And I filled the house with three roommates. And those three roommates basically paid enough to pay my mortgage and I cash flowed $500. And that house that I bought had a 10-year tax abatement. So I didn't owe property taxes for the first 10 years. So all in, the best part is I use a business credit card 
to liquidate the money for the down payment. And I paid like 20K down on that house off of a credit card. So zero down, cash flowing 500 bucks a month. That was two and a half years ago. And now I'm up 170 grand in equity. It's mental when you think about this. There's a, there's a few small little screws that you can turn within your life Dude. that dramatically, you know, take you to another spectrum. It's, it's life changing. And it's in it was not hard. Like you just need the right information. And my buddy at the time, he started doing this like four years before me. He does real estate in Philadelphia and he took me under his wing and he got me a brand new build. You know, the house was brand new, just built. I got in at the perfect time and I just had someone to help me out. And, you know, it, it's literally, you know, now that I'm making other money elsewhere, it doesn't seem that significant. But for the average person, anyone could have done that, even if you're making 50 grand a year and you could live in that house and have other roommates, you're going to do that anyway. I've said most people rent and, you know, they're not getting paid. I was getting paid to live in my house and they were paying my mortgage and it's at 2.25%. So it's mostly to the principal. It's like a piggy bank. But most people that listen to this or see this on YouTube are going to be are going to be sitting there saying, well, Colin, how did you get to the position to be able to even think in the way that you're thinking? Like, What is what is the what is the what are the key things that you did to open up your mind enough to be able to conceptualize these ideas? Just understanding that you can do anything you want in this world. Like you've been conditioned to believe that everyone else is special and that's killing it and you're not and that's never going to happen for you. It's complete bullshit. Every single person in the world has the same opportunity. I don't care if you grow up in a third world country. I don't care if you you know grow up in a rich family. Everyone has their own problems and everyone has the same potential to be great. You Yeah, you might be a little far behind if you grow up in a you know, an extremely poor neighborhood and you have to go to the library to access internet, but you could still fucking do it. All you need is one little spurt of inspiration to carry you into action to, you know, start making the small steps in order to get to what we just talked about. So uh, I, I think that, you know, if, if you fully understand that you are capable of doing anything in this life, no matter what your circumstances, you can do it. And that's kind of what I figured like after, after a while. And I think psychedelics help to open my mind to like, oh, like, I could literally do anything like, like, you know, the yeah. conditioning was just broken in my mind once I started, you know, experimenting with psychedelics and stuff. Uh, and that really helped me just open my mind to like, oh, like everyone, like when I would meet famous people before, if I ever was in, in front of someone famous, I'd be like, oh my God, like treat them so different. Now I understand that everyone's just, everyone's just normal. Well, as soon as you treat someone who has notoriety with any kind of attention in the way that you've just said, Colin, as soon as that happens, you become in fan mode. And once you put yourself in fan mode, you can no longer be a friend. So it's like, it's a perception. That's why I don't like, I don't ask to take pictures with people. I don't, I don't, I don't, yep. I don't care, yep. care who you are, whether you're Jamie Foxx or whether you're, you're just another, another person to me. Because, because every, every one of us, in order for them to get to where they are, they've had to be at my stage at some point. Exactly. They, they can't, you can't, you cannot st uh, skip steps in your evolution of yourself. Oh. You have to go through it. What you obviously mentioned psychedelics there is something I know a lot about because I've been on mushroom journeys myself. But was what was your first insight into that to open up your mind to open up these concepts? Was it microdosing or was it like a full journey or how did yeah. it, how did it open up? It was a full trip. Yeah, I took LSD uh, my sophomore year of college. And I did it with some fraternity brothers. We lived in Arizona at the time. I went to the University of Arizona. So we drove up to Gates Pass. It's a mountain. And uh, we watched the sunrise or sunset. And it was one of the most beautiful, eye-opening experiences of my life. We were listening to Pink Floyd. 
and we had a speaker up there. We had blankets, and we just dropped the tab, hyped up the mountain, and it was like the most beautiful come up slash trip you know I've ever experienced. And just you know seeing just a world and looking up at the sky and how everything is constructed. I became like a firm believer in a creator, God. Like there's no way that this is a big bang and everything. Like, I'm like, God created us and we're living in his realm that he's created for us perfectly. And from that point on, I realized like, holy shit, like I'm so connected to that higher power, that higher creation. And I started, you know, really tapping into that intuition and my antenna and receiving downloads of like, you know, intuition, whether, you know, I'm doing something good, whether I'm doing something bad. And that sort of aligned me on my path of, you know, my purpose. So, yeah, that, that you know, transpired into doing mushrooms, doing, uh, I just did an ayahuasca retreat back in May. And so, yeah, I, I use psychedelics to really get closer to that creator, to God. And uh, everyone's different, though. Some people use it for, you know, fun at a music festival. But if you really use it as a tool to dive deeper into, you know, the fourth dimensional realms and intuition and learning from you know your higher self and god i, I think they're profound i think it's it's learning to trust yourself as well yeah way by taking yourself i mean i've done it differently to you i didn't take it with my friends or anything i've always took it in a, in a controlled environment with like a shaman as mm. a guide type type scenario yeah and what i learned was in that i got taken out of my body and i got i, I got shown myself who I truly am. Mm. So it removes all the bullshit, removes all the conditioning, reconnects neurological pathways in your mind that you could you couldn't put together it in the realm that you're in. Yeah. And then when you've got these neurological pathways put together, now you can conceptualize ideas that you could never conceptualize before. I agree. It's like, oh, Collins just told me about how to hack my credit. Collins yeah. just told me how to hack my house. Mm-hmm. I've never heard these concepts before. It's it's like it takes you out of the reality that you think your whole life is constructed in. Yeah. It, ta- it removes you from it, it shows you it, and then you look at it from a new perspective. Something that was super profound uh, that, that piggybacks off what you're saying was when I did my first LSD trip, I was uh, in a horrible state of mind and I had horrible acne, like cystic acne. I was on Accutane, which is a medicine yeah. that's like really, really extreme to get off. Um, and, uh, basically I, w- I went up and I did all of that and I came back and I, I was afraid to look in the mirror. Because I was like, I don't want to see my face. I don't want to see, you know, how my acne looks, especially on LSD. Everything looks crazy. And I and I finally looked and the acne was gone. And I saw straight through the acne into my future self. And I had this crazy rush of confidence through my entire body like I've never felt before. And I could feel like my muscles and I could feel my posture and I could I could literally see who I was becoming in the future. And I've never had more faith and trust in my life than that moment. And I was like, everything's going to be okay. This is just a temporary phase in my life of discomfort, of growth that I'm pushing through. But I need to trust and I need to have faith because I'm going to become that person I just saw. For, from, a, from a spiritual or universal point of view, when, when you have something like what you've just said, a skin complaint, something like a rash or, or acne or something, that, that says that this something within you that's getting under your skin mm. that's that, oh, I was, that's i was in the wrong place at the wrong time like i was in a fraternity pledge master drinking abusing drugs girls just the debauchery lifestyle and uh it was definitely not where i was supposed to be and i think that was an outbreak of my inner self telling me get out and it took a long time and a lot of uh you know rearrangements to get on this path but you know god did his work and i'm here now so. And it's good, I think. And as you go through, and as you as you go through these experiences, you can't help 
but know in your actual true self that there's more to this realm than what the world tells you there is like you 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 once the veil has been lifted in your life the way that me and you're talking about right now you can't you can't just fucking close that curtain oh you're it's it's it, done you're, 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 you are only on the path of growth to becoming your best self and anytime you're deviating from that you feel guilt you feel shame you know you're not doing the right thing uh and before i was asleep you know you once god wakes you up to the truth there's no going back so it's it's a very um it's a very righteous life you have to live once you take up this commitment of of this journey and if if you want to just say uh, you know i'm tired of it i can't like there's no going back so did you find that when you had awakened in this way that everything that you do you know instantly in in your gut whether it's right or wrong for you i know if i'm living in a righteous fashion and i know um you know if i'm if i'm doing things good karmically immediately upon every single decision yeah like and and i catch myself especially if i'm drinking like even when i drink now obviously everyone gets a little more social you're a little more open sometimes even on like two glasses of wine instead of listening and comprehending words and i'll just like say something immediately on my drive home or like later when i'm laying in bed i'm I'm like i catch myself i'm like i wish i didn't say that or i should have done this differently i have so much conscious awareness of my thoughts and what i say now that it's it's just a whole new playing field so when i was on when i was on this journey i go on this journey i go off into the universe whatever the 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 realm of that we've both been to that you can't even describe yep. as I go off into that place. It takes me out of my body. I've never drank alcohol in my entire life. Never touched a drop, right? Never touched any other drugs other than obviously mushroom, which is a plant medicine, right? Sure. So I'm, I'm there and, and I'm looking at myself and I'm trying to figure out why I've never drank alcohol. Mm-hmm. And what comes into my mind through my intuition is like, alcohol is called a spirit for a reason and it's an evil one at that and you why would you put an evil spirit in your body it's going to make it's going to bring you lower consciousness is the present yeah. and this is this is what i'm talking about it's like why would you choose mm-hmm. to toxify your body with a spirit that's not going to take you to towards anything good in your life yeah. and that's kind of what came through for me and that's true and it, and it made me peaceful because everyone used to say to me why don't you drink and i used to tell them you know you know i don't need it i don't all this i never but 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 my truth was I inherently knew that there was nothing good to come of it from getting involved in that life. I, I knew that from day dot. So it's like that was inherently within me already. So what, so what I'm saying is you've got intuitions in you, in yourself right now, whoever's listening to this, you've got intuitions within your body that you know are not right for you. Yeah. And it's up to you whether you listen to them or not. Yeah, you have a moral compass. It's installed in you. If you believe in God, you have the Holy Spirit within you. You have God, you have Jesus inside of you right now. And uh, you know when you do something wrong, you can feel something. Ah, I shouldn't have done that shit. And when you do something right, you you just feel aligned. You feel like you're putting good out into the world. But it doesn't matter whether you believe in in God as in as as in the Christian God or whether you believe in the Jewish God. You believe in the universe. You believe believe in the universe. Yeah, that 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 moral compass sits within you at all levels if you're willing to ask yourself the questions of it. Yep. But many people deny themselves asking the right questions of themselves. Yep. And people just want to deny there's a higher power so they don't have to play this game. Because they, they just think we just popped up here and they're just like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like, Because I think once you open the door to this, like we say, you can't shut the door. You have to play the game. And then you have to play the game. Yes. And playing the game is actually quite in your face. 
like by by me and you putting ourselves online the way that we do we open ourselves up to a lot of hate a lot of criticism yeah a lot of people are scared of criticism but then if you're not getting the criticism if you're not getting the the comments saying frankie is shit calling you good calling you shit all this stuff if you're not yeah. getting that that feedback are you even touching the world anyway the way that you're meant to be touching the world anyway yeah no so it's so it's, it's like one of them internally as soon as people realise, Colin, that life is this internal battle yeah. rather than this external battle yeah. in the world, I think that's when you become free. 100%. I mean, it's set up to deceive you in the entire game. Yeah, Everyone tries to collect things, live externally, external pleasures. It's all about just you versus you. That's it. Yeah. It's all that matters. What was, what was, you know, when you discovered this you versus you point, what were some of the things that you started to do inherently differently to what you'd done before? Treat people how I'd want to be treated. Uh, I mean, just being immature and growing up, you know, I, I didn't understand the karmic laws and now I do. So in business, especially you want to offer services that you would buy, you want to offer services that, you know, have worked for you and are going to help other people inherently. So, uh, you know, with what I do today, it's all in alignment of this law of this universal law of the law of karma. And uh, I put out good into the world and I truly believe that everything I do every single day is inspiring and impacting someone somewhere in some way. So, you know, whether it's just me posting my morning routine, waking up early, posting the positive quotes, someone's listening to that and their entire day has just changed because they were in a negative mindset and, you know, I connected with them and showed them exactly what they needed to hear at that point. I get messages every day from that. So just being in that alignment with my conscious uh, and with God, it, it really, it really makes me fulfilled. Yeah, no, I, I, I resonate with that on a, on a whole different level, mate. Because I think at the end of the day, if you don't, if you don't have this relationship with yourself, it's the only relationship you ever have in your life that you live with a hundred, hundred percent of the time. Yeah, this relationship with you and what, and what you think of yourself. Hundred percent. I think there's many of us that go through life conditioning ourselves with false beliefs about who we are. Predicate on friends. We think of friends that are not friends; they're acquaintances. Yeah. How do you differentiate between friends and acquaintances in your life? Because I, from from my personal perspective, I've had to really understand that you know you don't have many true friends. You 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 know a lot of people, but to, in order to become a a, a a friend in my life, you've got to you've got to I've got to be able to add value to you. You've got to be able to add value to me. It has to be a, a an equal transaction to be able to be a friend. What, what's your opinion? Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, you know, you don't need more than three friends. And before, you know, especially when you move to a new place, you want to be out, you want to get to know everyone, you want to be everyone's friend. That's, you know, how the toxicity begins because a lot of people are not in this way that we're talking right now, how we are. So I just really focus on myself. Uh, as selfish as that sounds, that's actually the best for everyone. If I become the best person, I will attract the best people. And, um, you know, I will add value into their lives. Every single one of my friends, I have poured immense value into them, uh, whether it be business, other connections, relationships. When someone reaches out to me and, you know, makes a first impression, I always try to extend them my network, uh, you know, resources, whatever I can to be of value to that person. And once again, if you believe in the law of karma, whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. You know, you reap what you sow. So, uh, that's, yeah, that's basically how I've been doing it. And, you know, moving here, I had a lot more people surrounding me and now I have just the right people surrounding me. And I don't, I don't really focus on, you know, becoming like the most social guy out there that's connected to everyone. I, I have an incredible network, but it's really just all come from me focusing on me, 
me being in alignment with my purpose. And then that attracts more people that are in alignment with their purpose. Yeah. So all of my friends, if you really do an analysis on the five closest people to me, you will see that these people are all living completely in line with their consciousness are spiritual, have a connection with God. And yeah, I mean, we're all the same, but different at the same time. You know, we're all on our own paths. As, as the way of the superior man states, it's like you, you, you have aligned yourself with your highest purpose and pursuing that, which you've done. But then also I can see in your reality, you've got this uh, beautiful woman in your life. How is what she brought to the table changed your life? And how has that supported you along your journey? Yeah, it's crazy because uh, Noemi, when I met her, I really started to make money like that. I didn't really have much before I met her. And when she came into my life and I committed to one woman, everything changed. Like everything just started exponentially growing. And, um, you know, if you, if you study numerology or if you're into that, it's crazy because I'm eight, June 8th and eight is a sign of money. Yep. And she's, uh, August 28th, which is a sign of wealth, 28, which is a sign of wealth. And when you put those energies together, creates massive wealth. And as soon as we officially started dating, I became a multimillionaire in the next like eight months. Um, so it's pretty wild. I, I, you know, some people think this stuff is all, all foo-foo, but it's pretty, it's pretty ridiculous, you know, how well it all aligned. And I'm in, uh, I'm a rat and she's an ox. We're a perfect match. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, match. perfect alignment on the astrological level as well. Exactly. So yeah. we have two perfect alignments and whenever I pay Noemi, like right now I hired her for TikTok. She's a beast at content and TikTok. And I never paid her before. She would help me, but I never, you know, did that that monetary transaction, you know, for that that value. And so I just started paying her for it. And exponential growth immediately. More money coming into my life, more uh, views, more engagement. And it's just been wild. So I, the energy is real. Like it, it, it's a vortex, bro. And the saying is you get what you pay for. 100%. You don't get what you don't pay for. So, exactly. so, so it's like, you know, by not paying her, you are doing yourself a disservice. Exactly. And you're doing a disservice to her. Yeah, it's just energy. Yeah. It's all foo and because her doing your TikTok and the relationship are two separate entities. You know what I mean? Like the relationship is one side of the coin, whereas right. whereas her her taking her time, her own time yep. to, you know, to do your TikTok, that is, a, that is a, a, you know, now you've put the financial remuneration around it. That's why the, the growth is there. A hundred percent. I agree. But let's switch it up. Obviously, there's a lot of people listening to this that probably aren't as spiritually aware as, as maybe we are right now, but want to get into it. What is the first place for them to start in order to to make their way into this world? Yeah. So I would start by meditating. I would start by getting alone. Being by yourself is really how you're going to grow a relationship with yourself. If you don't love yourself, you're not going to attract other people of high value into your life. You're going to attract more people that are angry with themselves, resentful, have hate, have fear. You want to attract love into your life because love is the purest, highest emotion that you can even experience. So, you know, there's love and then there's fear and you want to get on the, on the side of love. And the only way to do that is to tap into who you really are. So my life completely changed when I separated myself from everyone. When I really took a step back, I audited my friendships. I said, okay, who's in alignment with what I want? No one. Uh, what, what music is in alignment with, you know, what, what other high level people are doing? Nothing. What books am I reading? That None. 
So I, I realized like my life was set up to fail. Everything I was doing was wrong. So I had to completely revamp my entire environment. I had to remove the music I was listening to, the TV, the the sports on the weekend. I had to completely uh, remove all of the you know bullshit social media. I had a bunch of chicks I was following, like only fan, only fans wasn't even out back then. But like you know Instagram models, just bullshit. Watching porn, just putting in that evil, fearful energy all the time, and that's how my life turned out. Fearful. And I was at the bottom of my pit. So uh, standing up and hitting rock bottom and, and calling that bottom and being like, I'll never get lower than here was really what changed everything. And just starting step by step, really uh, picking out some constructive books as simple as Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The 10X Rule, Think and Grow Rich, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Just the basic books that taught me the basic fundamentals of how to build relationships, how to value yourself how to create constructive habits like a morning routine and just studying the people that I wanted to become like. So pick one person and I like to do one at a time. Each person served their purpose for a specific period in my life. Gary Vaynerchuk helped me open my eyes to the social media world and then quit my job. Once I quit my job, I moved to Grant Cardone because he perfected the brand, was selling online. So I modeled everything after him. Then from there, I went to Ed Milet and each person had a specific place in my life and I used them to grow and I didn't have any physical uh, relationships or mentors. So I found online mentors and everyone can do this. I can be your mentor. If you like what I'm saying, you want to live my life, consume all of my content, watch me every single day and slowly you will become a version of the five people you watch the most. They don't have to be physical friends. If you follow five people, you will begin to pick up on their habits and their disciplines in your life. Mate, it's so true you said it because it's like if it, when you're talking about being the five people you're surrounded by or, or the five people you consume, on social media, for argument's sake, you should only really have unmuted probably five accounts that actually inspire you. So like, 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 you know, I follow like 300 and however many people, yeah. but, but, your account's unmuted and there's a couple of other people's accounts that are unmuted. I've probably got about, at the moment, 15 to 20, but I'm even just with you saying that I should only be consuming five people myself. But there's people out there consuming 400 people. Oh, more. Yeah. And, and it's like, now now you are a product. You're, you're being, your attention's being monetized yeah. by, by some scrambled eggs, man. Yeah. You don't even know which way's up. Yeah. There's so much bullshit being entered in your consciousness. It's ridiculous. And it's it's great that you've said about different people for different chapters that you're in in your life and and different mentors for it because you cannot watch what Gary Vee says and watch what Grant Cardone says in the same time period because they're both polar opposites of the game so essentially that is where you become scrambled like Colin says because you, you you're now going well Gary Vee says this um you know be content be happy go garage selling Grant Cardone's telling you to 10x everything and sell everything it's, it's, it's a totally different message yeah. And you get lost in the noise in the middle, and then guess what you do? You do fuck all. You don't. You don't move anywhere forward, and then you wonder why your life's not changing. Yep. One of the things I've I know that you've done and that I've done that I've seen that's dramatically changed your life is change of location. Quick one for you guys. This podcast is sponsored by ContentRemover.com. As many of you are probably aware, I set up ContentRemover.com in 2017 to help people remove all forms of online content, and I've looked after some of the biggest names and brands in the world doing it. And I would love to help you if you're struggling. If you're struggling to remove images, 
videos, search results, fake accounts, or anything online, go to contentremover.com and we'll help you today. How much did you even just move into Miami and changing your environment up level your life? Oh, it's it's so true. I mean, your environment is everything. Um, so when I was living in Scottsdale, I was living in the worst environment because I live five feet away from all the nightclubs. Uh, I, you know, I, I was in a very negative environment. So once I realized that, okay, I have enough money to go change the environment, I booked a one-way flight to Bali and I got a beautiful villa and it was quiet and, you know, near a bunch of cafes and, you know, just one of the most beautiful places to be an entrepreneur. So I flew out there and immediately just changing up that environment sparked new relationships, new ideas, inspirations, better content. And so that was like the first step. And then I traveled the world for like a year and a half. And man, that shit, you know, changed my life forever. Just seeing all these new cultures and experiences and opening my mind to what's really out there was life-changing. And then when I decided that I wanted to, you know, create a home so I could have a better routine, get more dialed in, build more business, I picked Miami because it was in line with everything I wanted. Sunny all the time. It's on the East Coast, which I'm from New Jersey, so it's just Southeast. And, um, you know, had a huge crypto scene, very into Bitcoin, entrepreneurs everywhere, great hub for travel, the airports right here. And yeah, so I picked Miami and I mean, the relationships I have here now are crazy. Gary Brecka is one of my good friends. Um, you know, there's just so many people that I could name that have changed my life that are in a, you know, couple mile vicinity of me now that I can call up whenever I want and, you know, either add value to them or hang out with them. And it's incredible. Obviously, the Gary is someone I want. I'd love to get on the podcast myself. But one of the protocols he's obviously invented is, is the 10x health stuff, you know. And he's 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 partnered with with Grant Cardone to do it. But I'm just about to get my bloods taken and do the genetic tests and like that. Like, what's been the biggest lessons in that whole journey for you? Like, what have you learned about your body? Because like you've always been a in shape guy in my opinion you know like you and you never before you started that you were never out of shape you didn't look out of shape so what's been the what's been the fundamental change you can still look decent and have horrible testosterone and horrible metrics like when they test your 70 biomarkers when they take your blood panel i found out that my test my testosterone was at like a 350 back in 2021 and then after they put me on the protocol and i switched to an animal-based diet i was 1100 in just three months. So oh, night yeah. and day, bro, night well, and day. So you can still look decent and just have fucked up metrics. See, see, this this is this is something that I want to get sorted because at the end of the day, when you do, and I've been doing blood tests for years, but most blood tests, all, the only metrics they're giving you is like fr- free and taken testosterone or whatever. Oh, this is 71, yeah, benchmarks. Yeah, and and by, by understanding your body at that kind of level, you can make the slight adjustments because I, I see a lot of people doing this TRT now. Yeah. But they're doing the TRT before they even know what's going on with the... Stupid. With, with the inside. Yeah, you, you don't want to take human growth hormone or TRT until you, you know, are not producing it naturally anymore. So if you're like 50 years old, it's probably a good time to take it. But what's cool about 10X Health uh, is basically you take your gene tests and you do the 71 biomarkers for your blood panel and they will not let you even get on a peptide or TRT or uh, GH, uh, human growth hormone until everything is normalized. So you'll be on your supplement plan. You know, if you have gene deficiencies, they'll supplement with the natural compounds to basically make you methylate normally. 
And once you're at that level and you're feeling good and you've been taking your blood test for a while, they'll be like, all right, now we can adjust and we can fine tune and make you even better. So that's the best part about them. Everything's dialed in and they do everything right. They're not just giving you things that, you know, are not, you're not ready for. What's happened to your, your money, your relationships with people and everything since you've been on that protocol? I mean, it's, it's the same thing with what we were talking about earlier with intuition and living righteous and being in line with your purpose. And, you know, once you start, you can't go back. It's the same thing with biohacking and health. Once you realize how freaking good you feel, once you get on all this stuff and you've been doing it for a while, the second you have a night out, you know, of drinking or you resort back to your old ways and eat a couple bad meals in a row, you feel like garbage. Like literally, like because your body's so clean, you've cleaned your vessel out so much to the point where you're receiving, you're just in flow state, you're having this compounding growth and you eat a fucking cheeseburger at McDonald's and you feel like you're going to die. And so it's once again, it's one of those things where it's, if you choose this path, you cannot go back. See, the gut is where most people, most people think it's, 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 you got to increase your mindset. Most people think drink more water or this and other, but it's, it's about getting the balance within your gut. Cause that's where all your intuition, your second brain. Yeah. And that's why you got to drink raw milk and raw kefir. Raw kefir is like the best thing for your gut. Whoa. It has so much good bacteria. Uh, have you ever had fermented? It's, it's basically fermented milk. It's been sitting out for a while and they cap it up. They put it in glass. I get mine from the farm. It's delivered. I'll, I'll give you some when we're done. Uh, and it is the perfect thing for gut health. It, it coats your gut with all this amazing good bacteria, and you feel incredible. Like it, I think it's the best medicine that there is. Do you, does it does it taste like you you drinking like fermented milk? It's, if it's fizzy. It almost has a fizz to it, like a tang. Oh, I love it. And you put it with honey and some fruit. I'll make you a bowl after we're done. And yeah, it's so sounds good. like you're gonna kill me, man. It's incredible. Bro. <laughs> You'll love it. I love. It. I just had one right before you came. Let, let's, every day. let's give people some practical advice as well in because obviously a lot of people would have resonated when you talked about credit and about them being in a bad spot i want to give them some insights in how they can fix their credit so they can have the money to be able to level up their life mm-hmm. so what are the fastest ways to 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 audit your whole credit how much you're spending everything like that what you got on credit cards and then and then to fix it up in the fastest way Yeah. So it all depends what country you're in, right? Because all the credit systems are different. America gives you the most opportunity because you have something called 0% business credit. So you'll have a 0% interest card for 12 months and you could, you know, have a approval of like a $50,000 limit on one card. So imagine someone giving you 50 grand and saying, Hey, you owe me back in a year, no interest. Don't worry about it. It's free money. And so that's what we have here. So basically in order to get up to that, you got to start small baby steps. So understanding your FICO score. First off, there's something called a Vantage score and there's a FICO score. If you go on Credit Karma or if you go on any of the bank apps on your phone, that's a Vantage score. It's not accurate. But when you sign up for uh, Identity IQ or you go on Experian and you, and you start paying for the monthly service, you get your FICO reports for Experian, TransUnion, Equifax, the three main bureaus. From there, you can now check and audit your history. So like most people don't even know that they have collections and a bunch of bullshit inquiries for when they got their car. They'll pull your credit like 20 times to try to approve you. And then that's on there for, for months and you can't get approved for anything. So just becoming aware, like understanding the five factors of your credit score. You have your payment history. Uh, you have your derogatory marks. You have, um, what else? Your utilization. And there's like two more. I haven't, I haven't dived down them in, in a bit, but, uh, but yeah, you just kind of have to know the the understanding of what makes up your credit 
and then just sign up for one of these reports and you could read through it. And if you need credit repair, you could pay for a service. Usually it takes like two to five months to get all of your negatives removed. And from there, you just want to slowly build up. The more accounts you have in good standing, the better. So if you have a wide mix of accounts, like you have a mortgage, if you have a couple credit cards, you have a home loan, if you have a personal loan, a car loan, that's a wide mix of things. And if they're all in good standing, that's going to boost your credit. So essentially, it's like put yourself on more grids, as many grids as possible in terms of the credit cards and the mortgages and this and the other. You don't have to spend on all of them. Do it in a smart way, though. But when you, this is what I wanted to touch base on. So when you say in a smart way, when it comes to utilization, let's just say someone's got a ten grand limit on their on the on one credit card. Yeah. Keep it basic. Yeah. What is the optimal optimization of that credit card? paid off every month for them to increase their score so they can get the next one. If it's a personal card, you want to pay off the balance in full every single month. So that way you're not getting charged with interest. Because whenever balance you leave on there after the statement date, now you're getting hit with that 25% interest. Um, so I would just you know pay it off five days before the statement is due. And that way the balance is cleared out and you can you know use the credit card without it negatively impacting you. Are there, are there two different credit cards Credit scores, one for a business where the where like the LLCs get the cards and then there's one for the personal. Yeah, so believe it or not, in America, like to get approved for business cards, they still take into account your personal credit. So it's called a personal guarantee. So if I go to Chase right now and I'm like, hey, I got this business, uh, I want to get a business credit card, what they would do is they'll say, okay, give me your social. They look up your personal credit and they piggyback off of that. So if you have horrible personal credit, you're not getting approved for a business card. The only way to start business credit from scratch is to open up uh, a Dun & Bradstreet number and you get your Paydex score, which is zero to 100 uh, instead of uh, 350 to 850, which is personal credit. Um, so basically, they're completely different and you'd have to build it from scratch. If you don't want to attach your personal name to it, you'd have to go to a Home Depot or a Lowe's or like one of these furniture stores. You got to ask for a net 30 or a net 60 account or a net 15 account, which means like they give you a store card or a line of credit that, you know, starts at like 500 bucks and then you pay it off every 15 days, 30 days, 90 days, whatever your term is, that will start to build your paydex score. And so once you do that, it'll take at least two years to really build up enough uh, business credit by itself without a personal guarantee to be able to walk into Chase or Bank of America, one of these larger banks to get a significant amount of money just on the business. They all want to attach it to your personal because if you fail on that business, it'll default and they can just pop all that history on your personal and now you're liable. When it comes to utilizing this credit once you've got it in terms of turning it into investable assets for yourself, which is what you've, what, which is what you've clearly done across your life, how is the best way for people to go and do that? Are you, are you, then, are you taking a number of credit cards out, increasing the credit limits, pulling some, using that as a deposit for a house or what? what, what? Yeah, I mean, the, the best way to do it is like the house hacking method is probably one of the safest just because if you can get, you know, an FHA loan or a first-time home buyer loan, put down as little as possible and then fill it with tenants that are paying your mortgage, there's not going to be much risk. But if you're doing it for a short-term rental and let's say you put the down payment on uh, uh, investment property loan, it was like 20% and then you got to furnish the house you're not going to be able to pay that off in a year. You might, you'll probably need at least two years. So what I like to do is I just invest in myself. That's it. I'll buy lighting. I'll buy cameras. I'll buy content creation. I buy stuff with my team, uh, cold plunge sauna, things that I know are going to improve my life. And I bet on myself basically to make that money back over a year. 
So if I can approve for 100K, I'll spend it in two months. And then I'm like, all right, I got 10 months to pay it back. And I just bought all the shit that's going to help me exponentially grow my business. Did you do you use some of these uh, credits to go and make your first investments into crypto as well? Um, so I did um, Bitcoin-backed loans. So I, I did two investments with Bitcoin-backed loans. I didn't go to a bank. Can you explain, can you explain what backed loan is? Yeah, so basically it's a collateralized loan. So basically if you have crypto, there's some platforms out there, and this is not financial advice. This is very risky. Uh, but you could say, hey, here's 20 Bitcoin. I'm going to give to this, you know, this uh, custody provider, and they're going to take that Bitcoin as the collateral in case you don't pay back your loan, and they'll issue you, ba- issue you out a 50% LTB loan. So if I give them $100,000 worth of Bitcoin, I could borrow 50K. But they will keep that 100K if I don't pay off the loan. Okay, so what I was doing when the bull market started back in 2020 was I had about 20 Bitcoin or so, and I put up almost all of it as collateral, took out loans on the Bitcoin and bought more Bitcoin because I knew where we were in the cycle. And you know, I, I basically leveraged everything and uh, I made a lot of money off of that. Um, and then I paid back the loans before Bitcoin crashed. I did that with Celsius too. I took out a Bitcoin back loan. It had 0% loan. Celsius was a Ponzi scheme and it's gone now. Uh, but did you know it was a Ponzi scheme? At the yeah, time? yeah, yeah. I knew it was a Ponzi. Yeah, I, I knew where we were in the cycle though. So as long as Bitcoin's price goes up, everything stays intact. Their token that they had was going to keep going up. And I knew we still had a lot of time left in the cycle based off you know federal policy, rates were at zero, money printers were turned on full blast. Uh, so in 2021, I took out a 0% loan uh, I believe it was 35% LTV. So I had to put up a lot of Bitcoin and I took out a $120,000 loan on Celsius for three years. And I knew that I was going to pay it off before then, but I bought my dream watch. I bought a Patek Philippe Nautilus, uh, 157A, uh, which is like one of my favorite watches, wore it for three months, bought it for 120 grand, sold it for 165, three months later and profited 45K took that money and then paid off the loan, got my Bitcoin back, and then it crashed. So you, so everything you do in life, as we're, as we're learning, is all about leverage. It's all about leverage. But before you can leverage anything, you have to understand the insights and understand what you're playing with. So how long did you put yourself in the frame to study Bitcoin, study the charts, understand what's part of the cycle? And how long, how long did all that take you? Um, I was probably like the... The second I bought Bitcoin, I bought it at the bottom, like in March of 2020. So I bought five Bitcoin for about $4,500. And I, I it, it was called lucky or call it good or bad. I think it was a little of both. I learned a lot because the, the Bitcoin only went up from the point I bought it. Like it was just only going up. So I thought I could never lose. So I was buying Bitcoin at 40K, 50K, 60K full Bitcoins. And I thought it was going to go to 100. And I wrote it all the way down. Didn't sell any. Um, so I watched my net worth go from like just in Bitcoin, like 3.5 million down to $1 million in like an eight month period. Uh, so that was gut wrenching. It was, it was brutal. And then my business that I was in at the time completely changed and I didn't really have much income either. So everything got taken away from me. So I, I learned a lot, uh, going through that. So it was a blessing, uh, and a curse at the same time. Where do you think we are in the cycle now? Uh, I think we're at a, a great point in the cycle. I think, you know, the Bitcoin ETF is obviously going to get approved very shortly here. It, it already got listed like on the back end in a, in a terminal and everyone, that's why Bitcoin was pumping to 35K. 
Um, I think the only uh, thing we'll see is another liquidity crisis if the Fed cuts rates. So like in March of 2020, when we had the pandemic announced, they had that emergency rate cut, they dropped rates to zero, and then the market's completely tanked. So I think we could have another liquidity crisis if the Fed keeps rates super high for super long until something breaks, which I believe is their game plan. Uh, then we'll see markets sell off. But we're at a point in time where, you know, there's wars going on. People don't trust the banks anyway. We know that the U.S. dollar is being inflated away. It could be different. Probably won't be because cycles and liquidity crises always repeat. So I think that's going to be like your last chance. I think we should run up to probably around 40K or so uh, in 2023 for the highs. And then I think if this cut happens in Q1, Q2, uh, I think that Bitcoin could drop down to like 20K again. That'll be kind of your last chance to get in before the bull market starts and the money printers turned on and rates drop to zero. See, I'm a, I, I think a similar narrative. I still, I still, I still think this is just a little bit of a, a, a peak up, hits, hits the ceiling, drops back down. I think that, I think there's still opportunity to buy in at yeah. a decent price. There's always a good opportunity like two months before the halving. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, last time the halving happened in, in May and in March we had the craziest opportunity ever. Like if you bought ETH for a hundred bucks back when it crashed, like it was nuts. But it, it's, it's, it's amazing how you can literally change your life by studying one thing, putting your time and effort into studying it, understanding it, not worrying about what everyone else is fucking talking about over here, e-commerce, consulting, everything else. You were just like, let's study Bitcoin. I'll do my, I'll, I'll do my business. I'll make my money. I'll make my jam, and I'll put my jam into something that I know now and understand. Correct. But I think a lot of people put their time and attention on so many things, and then think they understand it, but they haven't done a hundred hours in it. Then they go drop a bag into into something, and then it all goes pop because they're at the wrong point in the cycle. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you got to just you know to understand markets. It's such a freaking game. That's why ninety nine percent of traders lose. It's such a hard game to play. So. If you have a business that's cash flowing a lot, you should just, you know, take a position in Bitcoin anywhere from like, you know, one to 5% of your net worth and uh, just dollar cost average, play the long 20 year game. It's the best performing asset since inception in 2008. It's the best performing asset class there is. And uh, the cycles always repeat. There's always going to be a crazy downside in the bear market. You know, we went from a 90% to an 85% to a 75%. Next time will probably be 70 or 65. So it, the, the drawdowns are getting less, but it's still an extremely volatile asset class, but it's really only going up in the right like a hockey stick. So. Do, you, do you take money out of Bitcoin and, and collateralize it and then dip it into smaller coins as well? Or are you still? No, no. I just keep my Bitcoin stack. Uh, I have a crypto mastermind now uh, with my partner, Luke Davis. He turned 20K in seven figures and he's like 21. And he's just a freak. This is all he does, though. You know, he just studies the charts. He studies the funding rates, futures, understands money flows. Uh, he created an algorithm that monitors everything and gives us buy signals. So uh, I kind of just leave it up to him. He kind he doesn't manage my money, but I get all my signals from him. And uh, basically, I'll start rotating Bitcoin into ETH and, and things when the cycle starts taking off just to basically sell out, you know, when liquidity is super high, because I'm not going to go through that drawdown again. Yeah. And I think <laughs> I, I, I learned that the hard way. I didn't have as many Bitcoin as you I only had three, but I still felt the pull down of it. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? I had, I had a lot of other coins as well. And do you know what I'm saying? I, I, I went from like 350K to like, you know, wrote it down to like 150. Yeah. It was just a, an horrendous yeah. thing to go through. And it's not fun. 
it, it, but you but you learn these lessons that the lesson I learned from this was there's nothing greedier than a human that just thinks that everything's just going to go to the fucking moon. Also. I know. Do you know what I mean? And and to even just think back to the way that I was thinking back then in terms of like this investment and how it's always going to go up and do you know what I mean? You become, you be, you start to believe your own yeah. narrative. Yeah. So you got to be careful. Right. How- you got to pay your tuition to the yeah. market. Everyone yeah. has to go through the first cycle and just by you listening to me right now, like even if I give you any lessons, you're not going to take them unless you experience it yourself. You have to yeah. go through the pain to then realize, okay, I need to take profits off next time. Nobody, nobody, yeah, this, this is nothing. Nobody takes profits until they've lost a bit of money by not taking profits. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, for example, the guy I was just with yesterday, he had $10 million uh, portfolio and rode the entire thing down because he thought it was going to keep going up. Didn't take a cent of profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Belmar in 2017, he got close to eight figures in 2018 bull market, didn't take profit, and then he learned his lesson. Next cycle, he didn't sell the top, but he sold like 55K and he made a ton of money. What's 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 been the biggest takeaways from being around a guy like Luke who's, who's massively smashed it? Um, just building teams out and thinking differently. Like Luke is very different because he doesn't show up on social media every day. He's not constantly broadcasting his grind. He's more doing behind the scenes, building, uh, thinking very long term, kind of playing chess in his mind. And he's just taught me to think way bigger. Um, it's just a different game that he's that he's playing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm more of like the the grinder. You know, he he likes to say that I I grind too much. Like I'm always like I need to do this this this. But like he taught me to just sit and actually think of like like be aware of my thoughts. Invest in teams. Uh, invest in people that will allow you to get to the next level. Whereas you know, I I always say I don't I don't want to have too many people on my team he's like the opposite he wants to have as many people on his team and there's no one that can stop you getting to where you're going other than you yeah essentially and you will always stop yourself because whatever you can conceptualize as you like i could sit here and think you know biggest education in podcast in the world could could be my pinnacle but even that's too fucking small of a exactly like whatever you're thinking is your you're only going to get to your greatest peak in your mind yeah and you won't go further and and Anyone that's climbed a fair few mountains in life understands that when you get to the peak of a mountain, there's always a fucking, you look up, there's another mountain. To yeah. And it was, so so you, you, you're on this never-ending cycle of just self-improvement. What are some of the other influences in your life at the moment that, that have really been pivotal? Um, Wes Watson has been big. He moved to Miami, and uh, you know I got kind of just indoctrinated into his content and his mindset and his discipline and his early wake-up times. I went to prison for 10 years, and... You know, still has that same discipline being free. And uh, yeah, he's been a huge inspiration and kind of tailored me more towards coaching because I've always sold online products. I've always done personal development myself, done personal branding for myself. I've taught you know other high net worth clients uh, personal branding and my methods, but never really opened it up to the public. I didn't think it was going to be like something I could make a lot of money with. And he taught me that the more simple it is, the more success you can have. You know, you don't need deliverables. You don't need all these courses. You don't need ads. You just literally say you're a coach and, and help people, you know, achieve what you've achieved. And that's enough. So, yeah, a lot. When you said that to me before the podcast and how simple that was, you're like, you're like Frankie. Nobody wants a course. Nobody wants, they want access to you. Yeah. They want access to what you've done. They want to speak to you, whether it's in a group, whether it's one to one, different prices for each, but they want to speak to you. 
And I know, and I'd never thought of it that way because because obviously going through building a podcast like this and building an audience that I've given value to over time, there's people that ask me stuff all the time that I could give amazing insights to, but I don't have enough time in the DMs. So coaching would be a, a valuable thing that I could add to this to obviously add more value to the audience, right? Yeah. But I thought, oh, I know you can't do coaching because that's, you know, taking away your time. But the way that you structure it and the way that you've done it is kind of like revolutionizing it. So break down that model and how that model works and how you're adding so much value to people. Yeah, for sure. So I coach on mindset, fitness, and business. There are three different tiers with business being the highest ticket, fitness being the lowest ticket. And uh, it's super simple. I just basically broadcast what I do every single day. And none of this has changed for the past four and a half years. I've always broadcasted this. I just never sold a product around it. So I broadcast my discipline, my morning routine, my prayer, my positive quotes in the morning that I read, uh, me at the gym, lifting, me eating healthy. And I'm always tying it back to a product, which is my coaching program. So it's like when I'm at the gym, I'm just, you know, pumping my weights, getting a crazy pump in, taking pictures. Hey, you want to get shredded like me? You want to, you know, have my workouts? I'll customize them for you. And basically people say, I just say, DM me. And people DM me and uh, I have saved replies in my Instagram DMs. You can do this thing called save replies where you basically hit a keyword. You say like one, you know, pull up a paragraph that you've written before and you just press send. So instead of me typing out everything, I have like 10 different save replies with checkout links with what my programs are. And everyone basically says the same shit. They're like, hey, bro, I'm interested. And I just go through that whole process. So I'm able to do that with no sales team. Once they pay, uh, everything's integrated on the back end. I hired a team to build out my systems. So it onboards them into Trainerize, which is you know my platform where I send them their macros, where I send them their workout plans. It gives them access to Mighty Networks, which is kind of like our Facebook page, uh, where I put the call links at, where they can communicate with all the other members. Um, and then that's pretty much it. And then I show up once a week on Saturday at 1 p.m. for an hour for my fitness and mindset coaching students. And then I show up on Sunday for one hour at 1 p.m. for my business students. So two hours a week. If you're a business client of mine, you get one one-on-one call. I basically give you my whole game plan on how I've sold over $12 million through organic stories on Instagram over the past four and a half years. And I, and I customize it to what you're selling. So whatever product or service you have, if you're not making over 50K a month, like I have a process that gets you there. Like it's proven. I've done it. I've made three people millionaires in the past uh, 18 months. Jack Hopkins, um, another guy named Boris. Uh, so started at zero. Jack Hopkins is on, on my podcast too. So you helped Jack? Oh yeah, I, I started him. Yeah, he had nothing when he joined my shit. I gave him the, the entire game plan. He followed exactly what I told him and he blew up. Obviously, he's just turned over to Jack Hopkins. Obviously, he's known as the CEO of Testosterone. Yeah. So he moved to Thailand, inspired off my move to Bali, and followed my game plan and just absolutely crushed it. My first call I ever had with him, uh, he was white as hell, living in a barn at yeah. his mom's house for like, you know, no money, just quit his job. And I just knew when I saw it and looked him in the eyes and I saw his confidence behind his pale skin at the time like he had it i was just like bro you got it like just go to thailand and just fucking crush it how how freaky is this right so i didn't know him but he's from the same area as me we live miles apart we went to the same boxing gym at different times well and i was with him the week in dubai that he made his first hunt uh, first ever hundred grand uh week or month wow um i think it was his first ever hundred grand month actually um but yeah, the guy, the guy's really, really done well. Like, this is, oh, he's, and it's been so fast, literally so fast. But he just 
followed the social media blueprint that I gave them, the the personal brand blueprint of telling your story, documenting it, doing questions, interacting with your people. He did YouTube and, you know, met up with Hamza and just absolutely fucking smashed it out of the park with that first video and, you know, branded himself correctly and the rest is history. So I'm super proud of him and we talk all the time and he's he's a beast. Yeah, no, I, 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 I get what you're saying completely with that because I've seen his whole transformation of self and his whole... The, the thing that I noticed inherently in him is is the inner self-belief. Oh, yeah. So he'll never be, because because he's done the reps and because he's just telling his natural story, yep. that's why he's getting so much things. So essentially, when it comes to coaching, and yep. you just literally tell your natural story on Instagram yep. through reels, through stories, and you invite people to come and join what you're doing because you've done it, because you're out there living the life. All you have to do is be yourself. That's all you have to do. And people think they have to create this false avatar. They have to be someone they're not. And that's how you don't get anywhere. And the second you start to realize that all you have to do is tell your true story, help people get from where you were to where you're at now, that's it. And you just have to, you know, create content in a captivating way. And, you know, you'll see like on that first reel where everything clicks, you'll get 10K views or whatever. And then you're just off to the race. Right. Is this is that because obviously I spoke to Jack and I was still I was pondering around doing some coaching myself. And he told me a story and that kind of his vibe. But I'm, I'm kind of getting reduced up during this podcast to, to do coaching again myself because like, the amount of changes I've had in my own life yeah, and how I've completely polar, op- polar, you know, polar opposite from 2014 when I started. You have to, bro. You're doing yourself and everyone else at the service if you're not doing coaching. You owe it to the world to help people because you've done it for yourself. Yeah. So hop in my program, bro. Uh, uh, fuck it, mate. I think you might have just made a sale. But... <laughs> nah, man. So it, it's... it's it's so important that this is why travel is so important because you know you travel you meet people like yourself you get you get your mind opened to new possibilities new realms new opportunities new thought processes you know what what like what other things should people be doing to open up their mind to conceptualize these ideas if it's not already landed for them on this podcast anyway Networking. You need to go to events. You need to get around the right people that have the right ideas. Uh, my entire life changed when I started going to in-person masterminds, in-person events. So I, in Scottsdale, there wasn't many. So I had to drive out to California a few times by myself. There was no one in my circle of friends that I currently had that wanted to do it with me. So I had to just go out there alone. And most people are too afraid to take that leap. They're way too afraid to drive or you know get on a flight halfway across the world and go to an event to be with the right people. But I listened to my intuition. I watched online everyone who was out there. I followed the people that I wanted to be like, and I wanted to go learn the skills that they had. And the moment there was an opportunity to go learn exactly what they had, I put it on a credit card, 3000 bucks, and I flew out there or drove out there eight hours and I went. And that one event, the first one I ever went to, that was a 3K, changed my life forever uh, because I learned credit there. They, they were teaching a seminar on credit And I was just, I just had this intuition, this like just deep burning fire in my soul that this was what I needed to do. And so I started diving down the credit rabbit hole right after that. And I put it all on a credit card. I couldn't afford the shit. So you're going to have to do like, you'll never be in the perfect situation uh, where the time is just right. People always say, oh, I need to, you know, I, right after I get this, this, and this done, uh, you know, right after I get this paycheck, I'm waiting on a big commission in real estate. Then I can invent. It's all excuses, bro. You can fuck. If you need to get the money and you're fucking 
cat or your your mom has cancer and you need a surgery or something, you're going to go find fucking $5,000. You need to have the same urgency with yourself with leveling up and making the investment to get around the right people to obtain the right knowledge because time's running out. There's only so many opportunities that are going to come across you that are going to align perfectly. And if you feel it and you have any intuition that that's where you need to be, you need to fucking do it. You need to put it on a credit card. You need to get out there because what you learn, the people you meet there will allow you to create the skills and the mindset to not only make enough money to pay that card back, but to make enough money to free yourself from the fucking shackles that you put yourself in. Yeah, and it is true. You have put yourself in the shackles that you're in. If you feel tied in any way to anything that you do not like, that is your responsibility. The thing that changed my life, Colin, was when I said to myself that everything that happens to me is your fault. I was watching your story the other day. You'd gone to you'd gone to a podcast in Las Vegas. Yes, you, you, you were do, you were doing your thing. Yep. You got to the airport because you hadn't prepared yourself, and because business class was booked out, you you had to fly an economy. Yep. You don't want to do that anymore because of the nature of what you've achieved. But you took you literally said on the story, it, this is my fault. Yeah. Like everything that's happened to me today and me having to sit in economy and me being pissed off about it, that is my responsibility. How can everyone under, like listening to this understand that everything is their responsibility? The life you're living right now is the life you deserve. That's it, straight up. You deserve every problem you have. You deserve every relationship you have because you did all of this yourself. So because I'm not flying business class, because I'm not flying, I don't even want to fly business class. I don't want to fly first class. I don't want to be at that fucking airport with all these fat asses that are, you know, completely out of alignment that are literally just NPCs at this point. People are mean. People are drinking all day, just completely lost. And it just completely demotes everything that I stand for. And it just lowers my vibration. And I'm just sitting there watching all this chaos. My flight's delayed five hours. The, the plane is booked out. I got to sit in the back of the plane. Um, the lounge for the Amex was an hour long. I'm just like, this is peasant shit. Why, why am I not flying a $30,000 private flight home by myself right now? Because I have not obtained that right to do so yet. I don't deserve it yet. I need to work harder. And until I do, I have to suffer through this. So I use that fuel as motivation to fucking get me to the other side. Whereas most people would just be like, Dude, this sucks. Like, why me? Like, they just blame everything. The pity party. It's a pity party. That why is this happening to me? Instead of this is happening for me, so I level the fuck up and never come back to the shitty airport again. Like, yeah. people are so mediocre, bro. It's insane. Like, once you get on this path, and I don't say this in a negative way. Like, to anyone that is fat, that is out of shape, I hope this sparks some some anger in you towards me or towards yourself to fucking do something about it. Like I know kids that have lost 300 pounds and are crushing it in life and are millionaires now. And they used to be a fat ass sitting home every fucking weekend, eating Snickers and playing video games till three in the morning. Okay. So anyone can get out of their situation. I don't want to hear your bullshit, but all I'm saying is uh, you need to start using the negative things that happen to you in your life. They're happening for you. They're not happening to you. It's all to wake your ass up to what's possible, that there is another side and you don't have to go through these things anymore if you obtain the next level. Once I get to private jet life, I don't have to ever go in an airport again and I will get there because I don't want to experience that feeling. What gap do you have to close then between, you know, where you are with 12 million to get to the level where you can have this private jet? What 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 information gap have you got to close and to do that? Mm-hmm. 
time. I mean, it's a time thing. I think I could stay on the same path of coaching and and make a hundred million dollars for sure. I mean, think about Tony Robbins, right? You just have more events, you grow your brand, you do private equity deals, you grow your network. It's just time. I'm aligned with my purpose, and I know that just by my habits that I have, my daily disciplines, the friends that I have, the decisions I make on a daily basis are in complete alignment of a billionaire. Like I, I know that for a fact. So. Um, I think time is number one. And then number two is just learning more lessons, right? Fucking up more and learning. Like that's the only way. If you want to succeed faster, start failing faster. Have you got someone at the level you want in terms of like the jet and everything like that you're modeling right now? That's something that I've actually been manifesting and praying for. I would love to have a mentor that's, you know, 60 years old that meets with me once a week that pours into me and just, you know, wants to give back because he's reached a, a level of success that, you know, what else is there to do besides bring up the next level of people? So I've been manifesting that. I don't have someone like that yet. Gary Brecka is probably my closest version to that. He doesn't have a jet, but he's, you know, ultra successful. Um, but yeah, that's, that's something I'm praying for. And it's crazy because I, I don't know if this is the mentor, but uh, I was saying a prayer when I was in Vegas uh, for this, because my buddy Wade, he has this. He met a guy in AA. Steve. Steve, exactly. You heard about him already. So he's telling me this, and like he said he's going to introduce me, but you know that's kind of his mentor, so I want my own version of that. And uh, so I started praying for it yesterday on the plane, and I'm manifesting it. And I walk into the sauna at the Caesars Palace, and I'm just sitting there, and there's this older dude sitting next to me, and I'm pouring the water on the sauna to make it hotter. And he's like, oh, I heard, you know, that, you know, just talking shit about saunas. And he's like, I actually watched this podcast uh, with Gary Brecka the other day. And I'm like, oh, Gary Brecka is a good friend of mine. And so we start connecting and he starts telling me he's in private equity. He's about 60 years old. He starts asking me a bunch about health. I'm giving him value. I get his number. So I don't know how rich he is or how successful he is, but he's a super cool guy. And I was like, wow, like that's how easy it is just by manifesting and praying for it. God already just gave me a hint of like. This, this is how the connections happen. Like, you know, some people I was watching the big short on the way home and it's, it feels like such a slight little chance or like just a little spark of luck where, you know, the people that found out about the, the housing market trade, how to short the CDOs, they, you know, came up, they got a random phone call to their, to their brokerage office. And the guy mentioned something about shorting the housing market and they, that wasn't a call for them. And they just hung up and then they were like, wait a second, the housing market, why would, that's the most stable thing ever. Then they looked into it and then they found the trade, which was a billion dollar profit trade just by chance. So it's like what thoughts become things. So like earlier, you were about to say something and caught yourself because you were like, I, I want to get better at whatever. Instead of saying like, I am good at, you know, and anything you say holds a lot of power and it pulls that reality closer to you. So if you're, if you're praying and manifesting for things and visualizing things in a way that you want, you'll see that life kind of orchestrates itself to have you in alignment with those things. And it pulls those thoughts and realities closer to you. Everything I have in my life right now was all a dream four years ago. I wanted everything. I, I wanted the girl. I wanted to be flying private from time to time. I wanted to have this network that I have. I wanted to, you know, have complete freedom, have businesses, be helping people. I have it all. Now I need to think bigger. And when you've got it all, you realize how you wish you'd thought bigger at the start, right? That's it. That, that's you just that. have to think massive. Like your thoughts should scare the fuck out of you. So obviously manifestation is one of those things where we, where we either take people down the rabbit hole or we lose them. 
So I don't want to lose people on this podcast at Manifestation. So I'd like you to explain how you're manifesting your life and how you're creating that. Like, the, give me give me the systematic breakdown of how you manifest. Yeah. Because obviously your reality is awesome. I walk in this house. It's fucking unbelievable. I can't even describe it to people because I wouldn't be doing it justice. I love the life that you live in. I love the life you've created. I want everyone on this that listens to this to be able to do that for themselves. So what are the techniques and the, and the wisdom that you, you put into this manifestation? Yeah, so I think it all starts with, you know, something as simple as a whiteboard or a notebook. And you write how grateful you are for what you currently have. Because if you're just trying to, you know, say, oh, you know, I don't have this, or you're thinking in terms of lack, you're not going to experience abundance. So we all have things in our life that we can be grateful for, no matter how bad your life is. So find those things. And then what you start doing, you start sprinkling in things that you don't have yet in this current reality. Time hasn't caught up yet. But start being grateful for the things that are going to happen. So I would like manifest by saying out loud affirmations. And I would do this with my girl when we first started dating because she was waking up on time. Now she sleeps in a little. Uh, But we would sit and we would literally have our vision board in complete alignment. So she would have her stuff on the left. I had my stuff on the right where we wanted to live. House on the water. I could show you the board after. It's fucking crazy. We got a house exactly like the one in the picture. And we didn't even realize because we put the vision board in the closet yeah. and we just picked it up the other day. We're like, oh my God, like pool with the deck, with the boat lift all in the picture. I was like, holy shit. So it's like putting those things out there and then being grateful for them and visualizing them. And uh, then the most important part is the actions you take, right? You can't just fucking sit there in your house all day and just manifest and pray and not doing anything. You have to align your habits and your disciplines to be able to catch those things, right? So if I didn't have my discipline of waking up at 5 a.m. every day, doing my hour morning routine of visualization, writing the things I'm grateful for, operating out of a state of abundance through the entire day, I would not be able to pull and attract the things into my life that I wanted in the first place. If I was out till four in the morning drinking, waking up, being all groggy, not doing any routine, going straight to social media, you're not gonna attract shit but drama and negativity into your life. So it's creating that pathway to catch all the things that you put on the whiteboard that you've been talking about that you want to manifest and getting in total alignment to the point where all of your actions eventually catch up to the real goal mm-hmm. and you attain it. It's, it's about having trust with yourself. So if you say you're going to do something, do not break the trust for yourself. That's yeah. the first element of manifestation in my point because I had a similar experience to you with the vision board everything on the vision board came true i realized in that moment i'm like this was in australia i realized holy fuck i've been thinking so small i've been i've been i've been playing a small game so so it's like have a clear vision of what you want and like you say make sure it scares the fuck out of you yeah and the the last thing i'll say is have faith instead of fear replace your fear with faith and if you have faith in god a higher power of the universe all you can do is row the boat let god steer Okay, so as long as you are doing everything you can possibly do, your daily disciplines, you're hitting all your wins for the day, you know you put in the work. That's all you can do. Just trust God and he's going to make it happen for you. I feel called to do this podcast and I've been in the pursuit of it for for, for nearly four years, right, Colin? And all I focus on is just do the reps, do the reps, do the reps and don't worry about anything else because it's like the reps will dictate where I get to, we'll, we'll, we'll cover everything off. Do you know what I'm saying? Like everything else just takes care of itself. 
Colin, it's been absolutely mad to get your insights on here for, for a lot of this audience. I asked this question to a lot of people. I want to ask it to you too, because I think this is where they really get the download from you. If you had to check out the world tomorrow, but there's just one little insight, one piece of information that you can leave this entire audience with that's going to move on 1% a day in their life, what would it be for you? Replace fear with faith. That's it. Just have trust. It's all going to be okay. And sometimes it's the most simple things like that just hit you at the right time. Yeah. But mate, I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate you allow me in your home today mate and, and guys do me a solid favor i'm going to put the links to colin stuff below this podcast so you can see see what he's doing on social media and everything else do me a solid favor subscribe to this wherever you get this whether it's on apple spotify if you hit that subscribe button on youtube drop a comment as well it really really does help and pushes this out to more people and if you can share it with your friends as well if, if we've added any value to you today and you can put this in someone else's ears that is all i ask for you attending this podcast and I hope we've added value. Much love. Peace. Peace. Guys, do me a solid favor. Drop a comment below this video and let us know who you want on the podcast next.